Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. Last night, the Sens extended their season-long point streak to five after a 3-2 overtime loss to the Boston Bruins. And we have a very special guest. It's TSN's Kenzie Lalonde. She tells us about going from an athlete to a broadcaster, covering the PWHL and some of her favorite TSN colleagues. And did she grow up a Sens fan? She'll let us know that and more. Plus, a weekend preview. The Sens continue their three-game homestand against the New York Rangers on Saturday night. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 968 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, comment, and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Terms and conditions do apply. Today is Friday, January 26th. And Pilsy, if you had told me during that last 05-0 road trip that the Sens would be able to string together five performances that we could be proud of, I would have called you crazy. But they did last night against a top team battling the Boston Bruins, scoring twice to come back and tie it. And you know what? Three on three, flip a coin. How about the team going from no OT losses to two in the matter of less than a week? Yeah, and Ross, they've done those OT losses up in really good teams in Winnipeg and the Boston Bruins. And I mean, they've been able to have uh, some luck paying, playing some bottom feeders. They got to play the Habs twice. That's two automatic wins. So you love to see that. Um, and then they had a great win up against Philly. So just like Steve Steo said in his uh, early presser yesterday, this last five-game stretch is kind of where everyone expected the Sens to be, right? Beating up on the Eastern Conference teams that are still kind of working through rebuilds and then at least competing with some of those top contending teams like they did up against Boston and Winnipeg. So really, these are the Ottawa Senators we all expected and hope to continue to see moving forward. And Ross, that game last night up against the Bruins, that was a winnable game. They shut down Boston as far as uh, shots on goal go, out shooting them every single period. In the first period, there were 17 and a half minutes where the Bruins didn't even get a shot. So this was a much better defensive effort from the Ottawa Senators, and it was it was refreshing to see. I got a stat for you, Pilsy. That was tied for the most amount of shots the Boston Bruins have allowed in a game since December 2nd. Since December 2nd, the Bruins had only allowed 37 shots one time. And last night was the second against the Ottawa Senators. Whoa. They controlled the play and, and they deserved a better fate. You got to give credit where it's due. Like the Bruins, they swarm in their own zone. They don't allow too many second or third opportunities. They've got some 
play killers on the back end. Like you look at the guys like that Wartherspoon guy. He's a career AHLer, but he puts out fires. That uh, Derek Forbort gotten that. Yeah, funny enough, that was two minutes for roughing. The gloves went full eject. Him and Mark Kastelik in the first period. That was kind of strange. But I mean, like they allow their goalie to make easy saves, and I think that's something that the Sens are trying to get to on a more consistent basis. Because we got into those goals against Eunice Corpusel a lot in the postcast, and you mentioned the Steos presser. We covered that in depth on yesterday's LOSP, so you can go find that wherever you get podcasts. But overall, like. This was a really reassuring effort that it wasn't that you were just going to beat up on the teams that were, you know, at the bottom of the standings, albeit Philly, a better team, but the moms willed that to victory. But tonight or last night, I actually really did think that overall, that was a great team effort by the Ottawa Senators and they can carry a lot of momentum into another tough game on Saturday. Yeah, and a, a couple other uh, stats and points about that game, Ross. The three shots that the Bruins had in the first period is their lowest amount of shots in any period all season. Now, mind you, when you get one goal on three shots, you're probably not too worried about that. Unfortunately, the Bruins were still able to score three seconds into their power play. Their one and only power play. They only only needed three seconds to get it done. Now, if you're just looking at the box score of this game, you're probably thinking, well, Pilsy, I mean, the Ottawa centers, they went two for six. Like, you know, that's still pretty solid. Uh, those Their power play days. was not looking good. There was a lot of power play opportunities earlier on in the game where they had nothing going, zero momentum. But it was a great game from Thomas Shabbat. He had a goal and an assist. Vladimir Tarasenko does what he does, coming in clutch, scores the game-tying goal late in the game. So there's a lot of bright spots that we can look at from that game up against the Bruins. And I hope Craig Medagli is listening to this because my goodness, that first period gave me flashbacks to a period in the playoffs in 2017 when it was Ottawa versus Boston, where the Bruins were touted as the best analytical team. They had the best Corsi numbers and everything. And I think Ottawa held them without a shot in a period, if I'm not mistaken, if not one. And Craig tweeted from the official Senators account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can someone from the analytics community tell us if this is good? Now, that was in game one, so they actually lost the game late. It was uh, kind of, you know, a bit, whatever. You you take your L's and, and you move on with takes like that, but it was a hilarious tweet at the time, and, uh, and it really brought back memories of that with what they did in the first period. But overall, just a, a very solid performance. We'd like your comments on what you thought about last night's game uh, down below. My, my one question, and, and maybe he's dealing with a little something, because he has missed a couple practices recently, but... I was surprised that they decided to take Zach McEwen out of the lineup. He'd been playing some of his better hockey, and we know that the big bad Bruins, quote-unquote, are, are a team that plays big, plays physical. So I was a little surprised to see that in exchange for um, what ended up being just Mark Kastelik because Dominic Kubelik ended up being a, a late scratch after being in the projected lineup that the Sens tweeted out. Yeah, I mean, and Ross... Zach McEwen's got a goal-scoring touch, too. You could use some of that in your bottom six. I mean, sheesh, the two goals that he scored this year have been absolute beauty. So, yeah, interesting move there. Maybe just to kind of get some fresh legs in a tight schedule. I'm not sure. Yeah, so the Ottawa Senators are now 4-1-2 and in their last seven games. 4-1-2, and and that one loss, they were up going into the third period. Colorado, and by the way, Colorado, side note, ridiculous. McKinnon, another four-goal performance the other night. Yeah, like he's yeah. the MVP of the league. And if you're going to lose to a player right now, it's either him or McDavid. The, the Oilers just won their 15th or in a Kucherov. row. Wouldn't that be a playoff matchup? Edmonton versus Colorado. If we could somehow negotiate that, 
Um, I know we saw it in the conference finals a couple of years ago, but I want to see it again because, man, McKinnon is just on a whole other world right oh, yeah. now. But you know who else is playing well, well is, I mean, we could go up and down the Sens roster. I think Tim Stutzel was dancing a lot last night, drew yep. a couple penalties, drew the ire of Charlie Coyle. And if you put your stick between a kid's legs and twist it, that's a penalty every time. It's called a corkscrew. And especially, Ross, I feel like, sure, maybe – the eye test, you're like, okay. And he was saying it to the ref, like, that's a dive, et cetera. And everybody gets on Tim Stotza for the dives. Hello, Habs fans. Bonjour. Um, but the they got is, their own they got their own problems today to worry about. Well, I don't know. They got off pretty lucky, if you ask me. But we can get into that later. Um, the thing is, with Tim Stutzla, he's going so fast. He's such a fast player. If you tie him up or get your stick in his feet at all, he's going to go down and it's going to look emphatic it's gonna look like a dive because he's just working so hard and then if he trips up he, he's gonna go sprawling so i think you know does timmy embellish things like uh like a soccer player might maybe he's got a bit of that in him from being uh playing soccer in germany and kind of having that around him that soccer type uh vibe but i i think really people they're not thinking about the speed that he has that causes these falls to look the way they do. That is a fair way to put it. Now, Tim Stutzel is tied for second in net penalty differential. He's drawn 23 penalties this year and only taken eight. The only player with a better net penalty differential is Connor McDavid. Whereas he uh, Stutzla is tied with Lucas Raymond, Nazem Kadri, Jack Eichel, JJ Paterka, and Logan Cooley. Uh, impressive to be up on that list. But yeah, in terms of penalties drawn, funny enough, it's Brady Kachuk who leads the league with 31. And he drew a penalty last night as well. Early on, the Senators couldn't do anything on their first two power no. plays. And then Boston gets three seconds and it's in the back of the net courtesy of David Pasternak. But we get into that a lot on the postcast, so go check that out wherever you get your podcast. Also available on YouTube. We have a phenomenal conversation coming up with Kenzie Lalonde. We've been meaning to get to her for a long time, so I don't know if you want to tee it up at all, but she's she's great. I think we get into just about everything. No, I mean, uh, the way I would tee it up is if you're a fan of our chats with Claire Hanna, uh, Kenzie, very, very similar type of uh, positivity and vibe so i think you're going to enjoy uh listening to kenzie as well feel good friday continuing here on locked on senators your team every day today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at indeed guys if you are looking to hire you got to do it at indeed because that's the place where you can attract interview and hire all in one convenient place don't spend hours on multiple job sites wasting your time looking for candidates with the right skills. Why would you do that when you could do it all with Indeed? Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who just see it in the search. And with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Boom. Indeed does the hard work for you. Kick back and relax. Sponsor a job, and boom, Instant Match will show you all the candidates. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you got to make every dollar count. 
That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by checking out America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a $150 bonus bet with any winning $5 money line bet. So that's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now. The app is so easy to use. Same with their website. You can go check it all out. I love the same game parlays that they're finding on FanDuel. So for Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens this weekend, you can go with the Ravens money line and then three different players with anytime touchdowns and you can win big. A $10 wager would pay $179. So you can either do same game parlays. Martian's been all over this. I'm just going to take the best goal scorers on every team and just parlay them and one day it's going to hit big. You can always have fun. Do it responsibly, but do it at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get into the action. NFL playoffs are here. FanDuel, it's the official partner of Locked On. All right, we now welcome on a very, very special guest. An Ottawa native turned trailblazer. She got into broadcasting following a five-year stint at the Mount Allison University, spending the last two seasons as captain of the women's hockey team. Then she dove headfirst into the world of play-by-play, becoming the first woman to ever call a QMJHL game on TV back in 2021. She was on the call for the Olympics in 22. She calls PWHL games like you heard last week in Ottawa. You can also find her reporting with Habs on TSN. Don't hold it against her. We're very pleased to welcome Kenzie Lalonde. A long overdue welcome to Locked On Senators. How are you doing today? Guys, my head's going to explode. That intro was quite touching. Well, you know what, Kenzie? I was between calling this an interview or a Send Central Citizen segment because I heard <laughs> you grew up as an Ottawa Senators fan. You know, I sure did. I sure did. Oh, my goodness. It was early days. Uh, Canadian Tire Center, I guess at the time, Palladium, you know, those skates with Sparty learning yeah. to play there. And for me, it was all about Alfie and the pizza line and, you know, in the 07 run, just Oh my gosh, like I think having played hockey and then just an opportunity to see NHLers in your own backyard, it was natural for me to become an adopted Sens fan in that capacity because my father's from Montreal, so we were inherited Sens fans, of course, with the franchise coming in in the early 90s. Loved it. War number 16 because of Brian McGratton. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And, uh, you know, my my love for the game really did kind of start with that organization. So to now kind of come full circle, jump on the jump on this call with you guys. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Uh, when when did your love for hockey begin? Like, uh, it sounds like you you come from a hockey family. Was it from an early age? Oh, yeah. Like second I could walk my dad presented be my skates he's like nice. here you are this as is, is canadian happening. tradition yes <laughs> so it was just part of my routine my brother played so i played and then i grew up you know turning into a more of a competitive mindset for the game and switched over to girls hockey at um bantam i was playing for the 
well, Stittsville Redmond, I guess they're now the goal, you know, the Goldburn Rams. So switched over to girls for the Canada Girls Hockey Association in Bantam and didn't look back and then had an opportunity to play for the junior lady senators at the time. Uh, and then that kind of allowed me to move on and play at university. And I selected a school at, at in New Brunswick where I played a full five years. I gra- I would like to say I graduated in four, but I stayed for the fifth year. Of course. You know, it is challenging to get that degree and play sports at the same time. So I'm proud of myself. I like to say I did it in four and yep. uh, stuck around, took out a student loan to do that fifth year because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. You're but a I good knew captain. I, That's just good I, leadership. Thank you. But I knew I wanted to stay around and, and keep playing hockey. So I'm glad I did that fifth year because that's really how I got into broadcasting. So it all it all worked out and the game is still a part of my life now. No, no sports management, eh? Or that MBA you were looking at? I was. I was in the middle of my application for my MBA. I thought maybe I'd do a sports marketing or work front office for a team. I always had that itch for media, though. And it wasn't until I started hosting YouTube shows for my athletic department where I was like, okay, I like this. This is fun. And when I teamed up for with a local community channel in the Maritimes, really got a feel for what broadcasting looks like going and covering a game, interviewing athletes with a real ENG camera. I fell in love with it and really didn't look back. So the NBA, maybe one day I'll get it, guys. But for, for right now, I'm liking I'm liking my situation. That's awesome. No, we enjoy any time that you get to fill in. I know you've covered a couple Sens games there. We love Claire Hanna as well. You guys kind of do similar roles there, what you do with the, the Habs on TSN. I want to get into all of that. But look, we've done over 100 Sens Central Citizens. We always ask your first favorite player. And I'm pretty sure you're the first ever to say Brian McGrath. So I, I got to say, like, is, was it the Mohawk? Was it the imposing yes. figure? It was the Mohawk? All of it. All of it. It was great. I will say, in addition to that, Mike Fisher as well. Uh, just I like, you know. That's been a more popular answer for sure. He had a good thing going on. Just a true, you know, reserved guy, reliable player. Good. I wasn't a center, but I really admired what he could do on the ice and and off as well. And, uh, but, but it was always Brian McGrath. It was number 16. It was never a dull moment. And, uh, when I had an opportunity to pick between like, it was a handful of numbers and one of them was 16. I was like, yeah, let's channel that, that McGrath energy. So he'll forever be the reason, uh, I love the number 16. Well, you and I would have gotten along great because I picked number one for Ray Emery. I know those two were oh. boys and they had uh, they had a couple scraps in practice too. You'd have to, and then I'm sure they'd be having beers together 10 minutes later, but that's Yeah, awesome. Razor, I used to have his t-shirt. Like that was the only ever t-shirt I ever bought of the Ottawa Senators, the <clears throat> number one on the back and he'd r- rip yeah. around Ottawa in his, uh, in his sports Hummer. car there. Oh yeah, but didn't he have an orange? Yeah, he had the Lambo too. You, oh yeah, you never that was get. that made an appearance in Stittsville every now and then, guys. Mm. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Amazing. Now, have you had the chance to meet Brian McGratton? No. So if you can help me out on that one, let me know. We well, got close this summer. Yeah, yeah. We he was at Dev Camp, and uh, we were there doing interviews, and we we wanted to sneak in and try to grab him, but he was kind of busy. But just just seeing him. He has such a aura about him, and the players were telling us stories. Uh, apparently, some of the guys didn't know who he was. Well, so Dave, Dave Bell. Bell, the coach of the Belleville Center, said, "Okay, I got to educate you guys on who this guy is." So he showed them clips of his fight highlight reel, and I mm-hmm. think 
he uh, got all the young players a little nervous to beat my Brian. Yeah, he got their attention. I mean, there's some there's some scraps there that that stand out. I mean, the ones against Donald Brashear felt like he was fighting George LaRock all the time too. Like he was taking on some big heavies. So I can I can appreciate why he was one of your favorite players. But oh, yeah. you also were coached by a former Sens defenseman who's now an NHL head coach, Luke Richardson. How did that whole thing come out? And did you know even back then that he just had that that passion for it, or that he was going to continue on in the coaching world? Yeah, absolutely. I was lucky enough in my final year of junior hockey with the Ottawa Lady Senators. Uh, his daughter Morgan was my teammate at the time. So Luke coached us and amazing coach. He brought in some awesome assistant coaches. Uh, Chopper and Dagger were their names and great dudes and knew the Chopper game so well. Nice. Those were their nicknames. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, awesome guys and just really, again, fostered like a really good culture, always willing to learn. Um, we all were, were eager to hear what he had to say, and they took really good care of us, um, which was awesome as well. And I think that's a, a big thing when you get to play with that organization, the Lady Senators. You're putting on a very similar jersey. I mean, I think it yeah. still has the old logo, um, but it was really cool. Like, that was the epitome of the women's program in my when I was growing up. So to kind of put on that jersey and kind of feel like you're an Ottawa senator was just, I don't know, I really enjoyed that piece. So to have that extra layer of Luke Richardson being your head coach was awesome. And so to see him do um, follow on to the career he has now and they are here in Montreal, we had a quick chat and he just said, it's so great to see what you're doing. And I'm like, likewise, your coach and <laughs> Connor Bedard, I think this yeah. all <laughs> is going pretty well. An amazing family. The Richardsons are wonderful. And I'm so grateful I had a chance to cross paths with him. Hope you're enjoying our conversation with Kenzie. We'll get right back to it. But first, a word from our friends with eBay Motors. Yes, eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They got superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. So whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. It's that simple. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not burning cash. With all the parts you need, but at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that W. Keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Check it out today, guys. eBay Motors. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Go visit the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street. They've got great food. They've got awesome drinks and the atmosphere to match at Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street. I'm a huge fan of their new menu. The tacos are unreal. I'm a huge fan of the Trio Taco Sampler. Why not just try all three if you're going to pick between them? Why not get all of them? And then if you do want to decide, then you can get into it afterwards. Food till midnight drinks till 2 a.m and what i love about the glebe central pub as well is they foster an atmosphere that makes sure that you are always feeling good live music every saturday in february they've also got the send shuttle to and from the ctc round trip for just 17 dollars. so go check them out today at 779 bank street if you're going to the pwhl ottawa game on saturday it's an afternoon game Perfect place to go on the way there and then just check out the action or stop by afterwards. If you want to watch the Sens game on the big screen, you know what the real pros would do? 
afternoon game at the, at the uh, TD place at Lansdowne. Then you go to the Glebe Central Pub, have a few, and then take the shuttle to the Sens game. What a night, courtesy of the Glebe Central Pub. So go check them out today, 779 Bank Street, and make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, now back to our conversation with Kenzie Lalonde. Now, being an athlete yourself, uh, does that did that kind of help ease your transition into interviewing athletes, creating content, and things like that? Yeah, I think it, I'll always put on that former player hat every time I may be in an intermission of interview in particular, just because I kind of know what that's like. You're coming off a shift. Your head is really just focused on the play that just happened. So to be you know, swarmed into an interview setting where you're being asked questions. Like I know that player is probably hung up on why did I dump the puck when I should have shot their headspace is very in-game focused. So maybe having that understanding, I feel like makes my life a little easier. And I think I can adapt to the athlete's mindset a little better. Um, and also <clears throat> I think it's a really great opportunity to, to showcase pieces to the stories of the game that may not be told in other settings or right. um, things that interest me, I find interest a lot of other people. So I think that all comes from having played the game um, in a way. So it's been, uh, it's been awesome to never having to say goodbye to hockey. It's still a big part of my life. That's awesome. I want to talk about one of your former teammates on Habs on TSN. Now he's back with the Sens organization. One of my favorite people when I worked at TSN, Dave Poole. And like, what was uh, what was it like working with him every day? Oh, amazing. Uh, you know, because he was on the call here in Montreal alongside Brian Mudrick, I got to know him really well. And the kindest man yeah. ever had so much time. You know, any anytime I had a question, give me a call. Don't hesitate. Shoot me a text. Um, and I reaching out means everything when you're new. It's It can be overwhelming. And he has seen everything in the game. So to be able to have a resource like him is remarkable, but also to call him a friend. He really does take the time uh, to get to know you. And I think that goes to show the kind of person he is. So to see him in this organization, there are good people in this Ottawa Senators organization. And Dave Poulin is a big piece to that. Uh, and I think that's another thing within the TSN family. You talked on Claire Hannah, like we all are just so supportive of one another. She is, um, she's like my sister. She's, I just, we, I, I admire her so much. I'm like the Claire Hannah fan club. I think she's incredible. Nice. Uh, and so to have this tight knit group where we all want to help one another makes, makes it really enjoyable. Well, it's likewise, as you can see, she's the best I got when uh, when she posted you the other day when you guys were at the uh, the PWHL Ottawa game. So yeah. it, it's uh, it's mutual there, and uh, we've we've had her on a few times, and and just so so I think similar to you guys, you guys just bring such a positive energy and mindset to to what you guys bring every day. So uh, we appreciate that about you as well, and and with Pooley, just to to kind of build on your point there, he's the only guy like I worked at Leafs Lunch for a couple of years, so he was always co-hosting, filling in on that. Um, texted me after my wedding, texted me, just said, uh, checking in. And, uh, you know, he'd see a tweet and chirp me about it as well. So it just yeah. a guy who goes above and beyond for sure. So uh, I'm glad you had the similar experience with him. I'm trying to convince him to move to Sitzville. I'm like, Pooley, if you got to move to Ottawa, man, move yeah. to Sitzville. He's like, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of, uh, more TSN, uh, colleagues that are also friends of the show and great people, simple law ball question, Kenzie. Oh, yeah. How awesome is Cheryl Pounder? Pounder. Oh, <laughs> speaking she's the of same somebody... off camera. She's the same off camera, eh? 
the same person. She's remarkable. We were just texting the other night to be able to call pro women's hockey with her yeah. is the, is amazing. She has, she's an incredible person. So fun to be around. You know, she's like my mom, my sister, my best friend. It's, you know, <laughs> she, I would consider her one of my very good friends now and her eye for the game. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that before. I thought I knew hockey. Like you think, you know, cause you played and right. uh, you know, the intricacies of it. And then she just sees things and can break things down and tell you why, Especially why that happened why that didn't happen. And I'm like, oh, okay, didn't, like if I knew that when I played Cheryl, I could have probably been something. But anyways, <laughs> and, it's, and it's so great that, you know, she's being able to bring that knowledge across to, to the Ottawa Senators fan base and, and to the women's game. I think she's a big piece to um, the future of the game and to have her on the call on the NHL 24 video game is historic in itself. And she's a perfect person for the job. So to know kids are growing up, hearing her voice on that video yeah. game is yeah. like, we're moving in the right direction. And, uh, she's really, um, one of the most remarkable people I've ever met. One of my best friends, good, a lot of good memories with her. Yeah, so you've got to work with Cheryl covering the PWHL. Uh, we're only a few weeks into the brand new PWHL league and season. What have been your thoughts so far about it? Amazing. The quality of hockey. We always knew women's game can be this great, and it's finally happening. You think the officiating structure to it, it has a piece to why we're seeing the physicality, why we're seeing the rivalries, the tensions happening early and i think it's it's all coming together at the right time um you know you look historically the women's game has always been amazing and now it, with the accessibility to seeing it online to be able to go to the games just allows that reputation to continue building i'm i'm loving it i, I think ottawa has an unbelievable team head coach carl mcleod is good people you know you talk about building culture ottawa has got that right and she has the right X's and O's to the game as well. She's played it. She's got two gold medals to her name. Um, and they drafted well. I think Ottawa's defense is the most has the most depth in the league. And I think that's going to show with time, you know, give them another month where they get going. I think that depth is going to take them a long way defensively. Um, but Minnesota has some heavy hitters when you have Taylor Heisey doing her thing and Grace Dumwinkle, two former University Minnesota players, finding that chemistry again now into the professional league. It's something teams are going to have to be aware of. So I'm really looking forward to, they just announced the, the Battle of Bay Street between Montreal and Toronto. So hopefully fans come out and that could be a historic record-breaking attendance. So there's a lot of good things happening. And in just a few weeks' time, we'll see the three-on-three -three at the NHL All-Star Game. So that will be another launching point for the league. So I think it's only up from here for the, the reputation and for uh, the growth of, of the women's game to, to keep building. And can you confirm Emirates Mashmire, best goalie in the league? <laughs> Amazing. She's wonderful. Unreal. So technical. Her The intricacies to her game is what makes her different. And the compete level. She's seen it all. You know, you go back to, well, 2016. I don't want to say it was 10 years ago, but that was a while ago. She was the top goalie then. Like, she's been in it for so long. And Ottawa got right by by drafting her. It was tough to see Sandra Abstrider go down the other night against... Um, against Boston, but uh, Mashmeyer came in and, and did outstanding. But um, you got to give it to Jamie Lee Rattray in that homecoming for her to score, guys, yeah. was, she, was pretty she cool. To, she used to li light me up when she was playing boys uh, peewee with she was with the Canada Blazers. That was with yeah. the Ottawa Sting, and it was it was not fair. She's top-line player back then playing boys hockey. It's not a surprise to see her success either. Now, uh, 
you played five years at school. You were very quick to say you graduated in four. Would that course load would have been less if you knew you had a chance to play pro hockey? Yeah. 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 I've, heard, I've heard that from a few people. I know. Whoever put out that sign that said, uh, if I knew this was going to happen, I would have tried harder. <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. I always tried, but I knew going into college, it was going to end. I was yeah. not on the Canadian national team scouting report by any means. So I knew my hockey career was eventually going to come to a close. So um, I found a university where I could do school, learn more about myself and jumped into broadcasting. So it all worked out, and I'm glad I did the five years. It all made the broadcasting world become a reality. Yeah, I'd say it worked out well. Uh, final question for me, Kenzie. Really appreciate your time, and uh, everyone's already following you on social media. Kenzie TSN is where you can get all of her great work. Uh, like I said, don't hold it against her. Habs on TSN, but we have seen you fill in time to time uh, on Sends on TSN broadcast. Was it pretty special coming back for the first time to Ottawa? Yeah, that was, I think it would have been two years ago or a year ago doing that first game alongside Meth, who, again, watched him play. Who? Uh, oh, you know that guy? Mark Mathot? Oh, Mark from Locked On Senators. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Uh, it was funny. After I did that game, a friend of mine sent me a photo where she copied a very similar stance I'm in next to one, a stance he was in. Pretty funny. I'm in that Auto Center's jersey and meth is in, obviously, his gear. So it, it's I'm like, well, that's kind of freaky. But uh, that was pretty special to work my first NHL Ottawa Senators game alongside him in that rink where I went as a fan. I used to work for the Sen Street team back when I just graduated university, running around doing fans trivia. So to have kind of been imprinted on that organization at some point in time was remarkable to then commentate on it in that way and host the game. They... I think they did lose that night. And then when I was there the other night against Carolina, they also lost, unfortunately. So maybe I'm a bad curse for you guys when I have to fill in for Claire, but let's not bring attention to that. Um, I think the Sens are finding their traction. See Jacques Martin and Alfie. It's, again, nostalgia 101. It's, it's you know, I don't know where that ranks in terms of seeing Chris Neal walk through his uh, penalty box there on his oh. retirement night. I think those are kind of hand in hand for me <laughs> yeah. on moments that we can look back on and, and be proud of where the organizations come. And I think for, you know, where they're headed is good things. And, and we'll see what kind of coach they get in the summer. But um, I think there's, there's movement. They dominated the, the Habs the other night and, the Montreal Canadiens really had to dig deep to come out last night against the Islanders. So the Sens are going to continue to be a team that uh, people are going to have to watch for years to dig come. Dig deep or elbow up, whichever one you want to call it. Pilsy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, final question for me here, Kenzie, is you, you talked about, you know, if um, when you were playing hockey in school, you kind of knew there wasn't really options to continue and now there's the pwhl there's women broadcasting it there's there's so many more opportunities are you kind of seeing uh an impact that that's having on um younger girls or or girls that are in school trying to figure out what they want to do like are you already kind of seeing that they're opening up their opportunities with what the pwhl is bringing yeah i think when you get a new league, you need new voices, you need staff, you need people within organizations, in media. Um, 
and it just opens the door for more roles. And so we're hearing new voices, we're hearing new reporters, new color commentators. It just allows more people to get involved. So it's happening naturally just because of the yeah. the announcement of the league. But I I would like to think there's young people looking at what we're doing and seeing that that can be a viable job for them as well one day. I'm trying to you know, steerhead that a little bit myself and bring people around, see a day in the life of, of what I do, see if that would interest them, the role of play-by-play, -play, because it was never yeah. something that was on well, my radar until a boss. Well, we talked to uh, Mo, Monica. who had the opportunity yeah. to uh, check uh, check out the behind the scenes, and she, she was thrilled uh, about that, and now she's becoming a more regular guest on our show talking about PWHL Ottawa. So there you go. There's proof right there. Yeah, she, Monica was awesome. The first person to come around and, and see it. And it's busy. Like our, our game days are very busy, but she was right in there with us yep. and seeing what we were doing alongside me and Soroya. So hopefully um, that's that's going to be the start of something special. So I hope to do it again in Montreal and in Ottawa and have more people come around, young girls, boys, anyone that this might be something that they're interested in. will yep. come along, learn more, and maybe one day we can get more people in the booth. That's awesome. Really well said, Kenzie. And I, I was honest in my intro when I said you are a trailblazer. We really appreciate and watch uh, your career grow and uh, appreciate you giving us some time today. We hope to do this again down the road as well. Yeah, guys, let's do it. When uh, when the championship's on the line here in the PWHL, we'll revisit and we'll nice. talk. We'll talk strategy. Okay, well, who's your championship matchup then? Give us a final right now. Oh, geez. Well, I think Minnesota, maybe Ottawa will be there. And I think New York. So those we'll are take my a maybe three. Ottawa. Yeah, well, I maybe think Ottawa, Ottawa can be there. I think the Ottawa banner. can be there. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. We're ready. Kenzie, we appreciate you. We look forward to hearing you on the call in the future. And, uh, and great work as always. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Stick taps to Kenzie for joining us. Really fun conversation with her. Certainly will be back with us on the show. Pilsy, we've got a game to discuss on Saturday. The Ottawa Senators will be hosting the Metropolitan Division's top team, the New York Rangers. But the Rangers, despite still being first in their division, have struggled of late. Only three wins in their last 10 games. Is this an opportunity for Ottawa? It certainly is, Ross. And yet again, the Ottawa Senators will be seeing the New York Rangers on the second half of a back-to-back -back as they're playing the Vegas Golden Knights in New York tonight. And yeah, you mentioned, Ross, it's been tough sledding for them. Something Ottawa Senators fans can kind of uh, sympathize with. Not a great road trip. They lose 5-1 to Vegas to start their road trip, 2-1 to LA. Then they are able to beat the Ducks 5-2, but their most recent game on Tuesday was a 3-2 overtime loss to the San Jose Sharks. So not a good West Coast swing for the New York Rangers. And uh, the Sens are hoping, similar to like what happened up against the Boston Bruins, they can catch a tired team and try to take advantage of that. And that's going to be the goal. Obviously, the Rangers have a ton of talent, so you're going to have to keep an eye out. I don't know if you guys have heard of a player. His name's... Uh... Mika Zabanajad, he's continuing Jeez. to do his thing with the New York Rangers. Him and Artemi Panarin this season have just been incredible, especially Panarin, 63 points in 47 games for him. That's uh, that's clicking near the top of the National Hockey League. Ottawa, though, seems to have some success against 
the New York Rangers in the past. If you look at their last few games, they, they go toe-to-toe with them. They already beat them, heck, this season. And if you even go back to last year, head-to-head against the New York Rangers, the Sens went 2-1. and one. So they've got three wins in their last four games up against the Rangers. This isn't the, the Madison Square Garden game. You know, that that was Jacob Chikrin's first game as an Ottawa Senator. Derek Broussard's thousandth game last March, and, um, and they were able to pull out a huge win. Brass with two goals. What a cool moment that was for him. But for me in, in this game, I'm going to be watching the Senators' offense and seeing what they can generate extended zone time in the offensive zone because the Rangers, they've got a few erasers back there as well. Not only Jacob Truba, but Ryan Lindgren is a player I really enjoy watching. He's just a he's a shot-blocking machine. He's physical. He's mean. He, he's honestly kind of what the Sens need right now in that yeah. third pair uh, role. And then they've got other defensemen too that that are just, they've got a lot of players, with a lot of range. Think of Keandre Miller and his long reach. And um, of course, you, you can't talk about the Rangers decor without mentioning Adam Fox, who's their offensive weapon from the back end. Lots, lots, lots to like about this Rangers team, but I, I don't know. I have this like delusional confidence. Maybe that's what five points and five straight for Ottawa does, but I really think that the Sens are going to give them a good game, and you just hope that they can beat Igor Shosturkin, who's having a bit of a down year for his standards. Only a 901 save percentage, Pilsy. Yeah, it's definitely been tough sledding for Shosturkin, and um, I feel like Sec- this... Second half back-to-back, though, we might get Jonathan Quick, but the flip side of that, Quick just won the Stanley Cup with Vegas. Maybe they give him that. Quick's been the better goalie, no question, which is just wild to say. Yeah, he, he's been great uh, since coming to New York. And it will be interesting to see how they decide to do this split between Vegas and Ottawa as far as it goes in the crease. But definitely something you got to be uh, looking out for. And yeah, this this Rangers team just has so much depth. Um, they're, they're well coached. So anytime they come into town, uh, you got to be careful. And... Shusterkin confirmed tonight, by the way, just uh, two minutes ago as we record here at 11 a.m. on Friday. Okay, so we're going to see Jonathan Quick. Interesting. Um, I forget uh, what point I was going to go with there. My apologies. Oh, no worries. No, no, I got it. I got it. Revenge game for Vladimir Tarasenko, who's been hot as of late. So uh, that's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Oh, I like that. Do you have a locked on player for the Ottawa Senators that you'll be keeping an eye on tomorrow? Vladimir Tarasenko, boom. Of course, there you there you have it. So for me, uh, it's going to be Jacob Chikrin because I feel like he he's had some good moments, but for me, like I want I want to see him dominate this game. I remember the first game he played with Ottawa. It was against the Rangers, and Beautiful. and I I really I really think that he played well. And now, like he's just hesitating to shoot a little bit too much. He's only got two points in his last 12 games. Like I'd, I'd like to see him shoot the puck a little bit more. And like he had that goal and an assist against Pittsburgh. And since then he's got one goal, two assists dash eight in his last 15 games. And uh, look, they've, they've been able to get by, but I think that he could be an X factor if they want to ex- extend this run through the all-star break, which is where they've got um, tough, tough matchups coming up where, you know, they've got the, the Nashville on Monday and then at Detroit is going to really be the fun Ooh. one. Uh, next Wednesday. I think this is an opportunity for the Senators, um, kind of the players who haven't been lit playing their absolute best. So Josh Norris would be in that one. No goals in his last 11 games. So Chikrin and Norris are the two players. And you got to wonder, like, is this trade rumors affecting how, how their every day is it seeping into their everyday life? I hope it isn't. But I also think that the, this is opportunity here to go into a long break. The Sens won't play for eight or nine days at the start of February, you don't want Norris to be sitting at home 
thinking about how he hasn't scored in what would be, you know, 14 games at that point. So um, I'm really hoping that Josh Norris and Jacob Chikrin can have big games on Saturday night. Yeah, agreed. Well, they've got three games before that all-star break, Ross. So hopefully they can get things cooking. Math guy. So it would be 14 straight uh, without a goal. Now, um, final lockdown player bonus. We always watch Timmy against the Rangers because they passed on him at first overall in the 2020 draft. And um, he's taken that to heart because against the Rangers in his career, Tim Stutzel's got five points in six games. So I, a, a two point Timmy night could get him up over a point per game there against the New York Rangers. Pilsy, any final thoughts on today's show? No, it's been uh, another great week on the Locked On Senators podcast. Uh, we've been hitting hit you guys with a lot of PWHL coverage. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoy that. And we got another game tomorrow up against the New York Rangers. Stoked for the postcast. Postcast is coming tomorrow. We might have a special guest join us for the postcast. So stay tuned for all that information to follow on Twitter at Send Central. You can also follow the show on Instagram, lockedon.senators, and throw us a subscription on YouTube. Those do go a far way in helping the show grow as well. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great Friday, everyone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your weekend. Uh, this has been the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. <laughs>